0: Wilson. Wilson. Uh, that interception. That's the It's Wilson. Plenty of that. Marcus Peters starting. 20 10. Marcus Peters pick six. The first interception of the season for Robert Wilson. And the Ravens are up 13 to 10 in Seattle. That was a pick six by Marcus Peters en route to a 30 to 16 victory for the Ravens over the Seahawks. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Sports with Yosef. I'm Yosef Messiner and I'm going to break down the Ravens-Seahawks game. Talk about the NFL trade deadline. Preview Ravens-Patriots. We have a World Series champion. More on that and much, much more coming up on Sports with Yosef. Well, the biggest knock on the Ravens coming into the Ravens-Seahawks game. Well, maybe second biggest. A, they couldn't get pass rush. And B, they hadn't beat a team with a winning record. Well, neither had the Seahawks. And something had to change. And something did change. Ravens, like I said, beat the Seahawks 30-16. to They were incredibly effective running the ball. Lamar, he took a deep pass. Oh, was that huge. I had talked about that the Ravens had needed to stretch the field. They needed to take a deep shot. They needed to... Open up the running game. Well, they did that just on the first drive, 50-yard reception to Miles Boykin, who really, honestly, when you think about it, he had that great spring—uh, tra- not spring training, training camp, rookie, rookie mini camp, mini camp, uh, training camp, great preseason—and he has not really faded into the shadows. He came out a little bit, went back in. He's got to have more of a role on this offense. He was good he wasn't perfect. Uh, it was a really wet day in Seattle and it wasn't ex- uh, the weather wasn't an excuse for either team because the weather is there for both sides. There were drops because of the weather, there were low throws because of the weather, there were slips because of the weather. And I'll tell you what Lamar Jackson actually had kept on switching out his cleats because of the weather. He didn't like either pair like I, I don't remember the difference in them, but he had two pairs. He kept on switching out of, and neither were, were working. You could tell when he was running that he was slipping, and man, could he have run a lot longer if he had those cleats? But when you talked about the Ravens Seahawks game, it was two running quarterbacks, two mobile quarterbacks, and the Ravens knew they would have to stop the top right now coming into the game, the top MVP candidate in Russell Wilson, and they stopped Russell Wilson. They did a phenomenal job. They he didn't run that much. The Ravens ha- had a phenomenal tackle on him. I think LJ Ford had like a one-arm tackle from behind Russell Wilson. The Ravens did a phenomenal job not giving Russell Wilson that much room to work with, to run. And they played good defense. And uh, the Ravens got one. Uh, two of their touchdowns were defensive. One by Marlon Humphrey talked about the pick. You heard the pick six by Marcus Peters. And, honestly, the defensive one, though, was at the end of the game. Seahawks were trying to get a drive going. They were only down 23-16. to 16. It was a close one. Maybe 23-13. I think 23. I don't remember. I don't remember. But, the Ravens went... Uh, uh, DK Metcalf just dropped the football. Caught it. Ran a little bit and just dropped it. It was so wet. And that's what the field conditions did. And the Ravens did a great job. They didn't turn the ball over. And they played really just good fundamental football. There was a little bit of pass rush. You saw Wilson wasn't standing in the pocket all kinds of times to throw. And this was a really a big win for the Ravens going into their bye. This was a game which I predicted the Ravens would win going into their bye. And the Ravens got me my prediction. But it was just a really, for the morale of the team, for the for the fan base, this was a win that said we're a legit team. We are a team that can go up some places. We're a team that can win in the playoffs. That's what this win did. It was a huge win for the Ravens on multiple fronts. And after, I mean, going into week, going into week nine right now of the NFL season, the Ravens have as many wins as the rest of the AFC North combined. It's incredible. Steelers have three. Browns have two. And this is really setting up to be what it looks like an easy divisional win for the Ravens. Obviously, it's never over till it's over. Ravens are going to have to continue to play their type of football, but it could be eight wins will take the division. It could be nine wins could take the division. I have no idea. I do know. I said the Ravens would go 12-4, and four, and the 12 wins will not be necessary to take the division. In my predictions, they would have been because I had the Steelers going 11-5. and five. The AFC North has been turned upside down. And the Ravens did their part in it and doing a really good job beating Seattle. First time, I believe, John Hobbell's ever beaten the Seahawks. And it was a game on more fronts than one that was a big win for the Ravens. And one of the best parts from the game, uh, Ravens, I think, 13-13, late third quarter. I was like fourth down and I don't know, I'm sorry, third down, like, I don't know, 20. Lamar ran for, um, fourth and seven, third and 17, I think. Lamar ran for 15 yards, got the ball down to the eight-yard line. Came to the sideline. Here, come, T- Tucker came onto the field, and Harbaugh asked Jackson if he wanted to go for it on the sideline. And I'm not going to repeat Jackson's comment, but the answer was an emphatic yes. And John Harbaugh called timeout, and set the offense onto the, onto the field. And one of my few gripes with the Ravens' offense has been that they—I didn't like that—I didn't feel they were being creative in their play calling. I didn't feel in their pass play calling, their run play calling, I thought they were just putting the ball into Lamar's hands, and I didn't like that. I wanted them to get a little bit more creative. And I think we'll start to see that, especially against the Patriots. I'll talk about that later. But the Ravens, this was a really good play call. The Ravens lined up a tight end next to Lamar Jackson. It was three tight ends and like two offensive linemen, was the personnel group. Two offensive linemen plus the uh, mandated five. So, 7 0 linemen, three tight ends, and Lamar. Hayden Hurst to the right of Lamar Jackson, shotgun. Lamar was trying to run it around the right edge. Seahawks did a really good job of sealing the edge. Seahawks did a really good job overall in sealing the edge in the game. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but Jadavian Clowney beat Ronnie Stanley a couple of times. And I asked, I got another opinion on this after the game, uh, which I watched after Yumtiff was over. I watched the second half, which was fun. But the opinion. I was asking him was it, was it Jadavian Clowney's greatness or was it Ronnie Stanley's bad? Because Ronnie Stanley has had a phenomenal twenty nineteen season going going into the Seahawks game, and it was, it was probably I think it was and the person agreed with me a condi- a mixture as well as a mixture of part of the weather. It's tough to block someone when it's really wet and slippery out. Jadavian Clowney, though, wasn't able to make the play, but the Seahawks had set the edge on that one. Ravens ran it to the right. Lamar cut it back inside, ran it in for the touchdown. And that's really what the Ravens did. And that was their only offensive touchdown, which isn't great. Scoring one offensive touchdown in a game isn't great. Uh, But the Ravens handled the crowd noise well at CenturyLink. And I talked about this. The Ravens have played in some very noisy environments. Arrowhead. Heinz Field, the Ravens have been doing that, and the Ravens built on that in CenturyLink Field. They did a phenomenal job of building on that, and that really sets the Ravens up well for the postseason, having that experience. For some teams, the regular season is just a practice to the postseason. The Ra- the Patriots are a great example of that. The Ravens aren't in that situation, but you are definitely practicing situations for the postseason, and you're doing that in training camp also. Those two-minute drives, they only happen one or two times a year in the end of the fourth quarter. But that's something you practice every day. That's a game-breaking play. I don't remember how often the Dolphins practiced the Miami Miracle play. All those laterals, they practiced that a lot. They used it one time. Once. But it was the difference, and that's the small things that matter in the NFL. And the Ravens made the small things count against the Seahawks. And it was honestly a really small trade deadline as well. It was boring. It was just so, like, uh, there was so many guys who were rumored. And last episode, I talked about Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters. Well, Akeem Talib was traded by the Rams to the Dolphins. And this was an interesting move by the Dolphins because the Dolphins had previously traded Kenyon Drake to the Cardinals and uh, Kenyon Drake just got a, his first touchdown on his third carry as a Cardinal against the 49ers Thursday Night Football. But Kenyon Drake went, was traded away, which there were a lot of rumors were. but Akid Tlaib to the Dolphins, what was the decision there? I mean, you've got the Dolphins, they've made all these trades. Well, Aqib Tlaib's on IR, and more than that, this is a salary cut, a salary dump. And I think the Rams also sent a fifth-round pick to the Dolphins, in exchange for a 7th. It was a keep to leave in a 5th round pick for a 7th if I'm remembering correctly. This was a salary dump. This was a move by the Rams. They have to pay Jalen Ramsey soon. They have to play, pay Jared Goff. I believe they have to pay Todd Gurley. They have to pay a host of young talented players. Who have deserved to get paid. They have done a phenomenal job. Sean McVay really turned around that franchise. And this was a salary dump. This was a move to get rid of the salary. And this was a move by the Dolphins. I mean, A, they gain a draft pick, which is really what their focus is in this season uh, season and going into the future. I mean, they're going to dominate the draft. Uh, The Jaguars are going to have a bunch of picks because of the Jalen Ramsey trade. And the Dolphins are going to have a torrent of picks. I mean, they're going to be picking like once every six or seven picks in the draft. It won't be that much, but it's going to be a lot. And so this was a move, I think, by the Dolphins. A, you get a pick. And B, you get some veteran leadership. You're going through a rebuild. You've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he's older. Who knows how long it's gonna be? And Akib Talib's gonna get give them that leadership. And that's just a move, a smart move by both teams. Both teams gain something out of it. In fact, the Rams basically gave Akib Talib away on a silver platter. So no offense to Akib Talib. Yeah, we're only gonna like we're, we're gonna give you them a pick to take you and your salary. And Akib Talib, when he's healthy, he's good. When. He is healthy. A couple of other interesting news. Mohamed Sanu was traded to the Patriots. Josh Gordon was cut by the Patriots today. And this was, I expected Josh Gordon to get cut. And this was a move by the Patriots, though. Getting Mohamed Sanu. They did not, my only thing with the Patriots was they didn't have playmakers on offense. And I didn't think they'd be able to overcome that. They they just didn't have playmakers. Julian Edelman alone isn't a playmaker. They were running the ball. I mean, but it wasn't enough. It really They did not have playmakers. And they got that with Mohamed Sanu. And more than that, they got another guy who can throw the football in Mohamed Sanu. Mohamed Sanu, I believe he has a perfect quarterback rating. And look for some trick plays. Really look for some trick plays. Because that's what I think Bill Belichick is going to draw up. I think we're going to get to see that. And Mohamed Sanu is definitely going to... He's a start to that playmakers. I still don't think the Patriots have enough playmakers. I don't. I think their defense might be able to overcome that. I think their defense is incredibly overrated. I think their defense has taken advantage of incredibly bad teams, which is what a good defense should do. But I think it's overrated. I think they're, they've got a phenomenal pass rush. I think they've got a couple good players in the secondary. But I don't think it's as good as it's made out to be. I think they've just not played a good team yet. Because uh, the week one Steelers, I didn't think that was a good team. I don't think that's a good team. Week eight, Browns. I mean, those are probably two strongest teams they've played. There's a combined five wins there. I I don't buy that the Patriots have played a good team yet, and I think that the and I thought that this was a move by the Patriots just to get them offensive weapon, an offensive weapon, and another team that traded for an offensive weapon, Emmanuel Sanders was traded from the Broncos to the 49ers. And like the Patriots' move for Mohammed Sanu, this was a move to get the 49ers an offensive weapon. The 49ers have George Kittle. They have Tevin Coleman. They've got a great running game, but they didn't have that really explosive wide receiver. And I'm not saying Emmanuel Sanders is that really explosive wide receiver, but he's good. And he'll get them yardage. And right now the 49ers are undefeated, as are the Patriots. And it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Because I think the 49ers, they've built a team with a really, really good pass rush. And a team that's kind of the opposite of that is the Ravens. Ravens have everything going for them on defense but pass rush. And the 49ers, they've got a phenomenal pass rush. I don't know much about their secondary. But it's definitely, I mean, they've got a phenomenal pass rush. It's really, that's what is the core of that team. That's why their team is undefeated. It's their pass rush. And it's interesting to see two opposite sides of the spectrum. Two teams that are doing well in the season. One, but I think that you do need more of a pass rush than a secondary in the NFL. Getting pressure on the quarterbacks, being able to stop the run. Don't get me wrong, the secondary is important. Don't get me wrong. Having pass rush isn't the only thing you need. But the Ravens' defense, it relies on its offense to score points. That's not the case for the 49ers' defense. It's not. The Ravens had two defensive touchdowns against the Seahawks, but... It's not the same thing. It's not the same level of every play comes with the message against the, against for the quarterback when you play the 49ers. They're hitting you every time. you're under pressure and it's a nightmare. And I don't know. I think getting pressure on the quarterback is huge. I think it really is and i think that the ravens are struggling with that this year and the ravens did not make a move a trade at the move at the deadline to trade for a pass rusher to trade for someone to bolster that and we'll see if it comes back to bite the ravens we'll see if it doesn't but i know one thing they need pass rush to beat the best teams in the league and right now the ravens don't really have that and let's take a look at this ravens patriots game to beat the patriots my formula is simple yeah on defense i should say Get pressure up the middle. Don't let Tom Brady step up in the pocket and don't let him get rid of the ball at at one and a half seconds. Make him hold on to the football. It's that simple. It's that complicated. It's that hard to execute. They have to get pressure up the middle. Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the NFL at stepping up in the pocket at feeling the pressure. He needs to be able. The Ravens have to get pressure. Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, up the middle. Push the pocket, not let Brady step into his throws, and it has to be immediate pressure. There's no getting pressure three-second mark at the two-and-a-half-second mark. Too late. Two-second mark could be too late. Brady's getting the ball out of his hand at like a a a second-and-a-half into the play. It's unreal. It really is unreal. It's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens deal with that, but the Ravens have to get pressure up the middle. I want the Ravens to play press coverage for the most part. Take away the quick throws in those one and a half second range. I think the Ravens have to stop the run against Sony Michel and James White. They can't let James White go out of the backfield. Can't let them gash him. Can't gotta watch out for the trick plays with Mohamed Sanu. The reverses with Edelman as well. Um, the Patriots are going to try to trick the Ravens. Like I said, this is the first. This is the first real test for both teams. For the Ravens offense. For the Patriots defense. And what the. Uh, I mean, the Ravens on the offense and the Patriots defense, here's a matchup for the Patriots defense. This is what it's got to do. It's got to take away the easy throw. Seattle did a phenomenal job of this against the Ravens. They didn't let Lamar just check it down to Hayden Hurst, to Mark Andrews, to Nick Boyle, to his running backs. They didn't let him do that. They forced Lamar to throw. And I saw a stat earlier today where Lamar Jackson... When he's inside and outside the tackle box, his numbers outside the tackle box are not as good throwing the football. I want to say 46.4 completion percentage, I'm guessing. It's about that range versus like 60-something inside the inside the tackle box. So what does that mean for the Ravens and um, for the Patriots defense? What, they're going to try to get Lamar outside the pocket, make him make throws on the run, take away easy throws, They're going to have to try to stop the running game. I think they're going to play probably cover zero a lot, which will open up the deep shots. And I think they're going to stack the box and try to not let Lamar beat them with his legs. I think they're going to really just make the Ravens go into their intermediate and deep game. They will not let the Ravens beat them short. At least that's what they're going to try to do. I don't know if it's going to work. I do know it's going to be a really tough game for both teams. I think both coaches are going to get creative in their play calling. I think we're going to see a fake from the Ravens, in this at least one more fake punt by the Ravens in the second half of the season because we've only we've only seen one so far. That was Week One against the Dolphins. Anthony Anthony Levine Senior had a run for like what 59 yards. But I think we'll see Sam Cook throw the ball. I think we might see another run, and I think we'll I think the Ravens are going to win the game. I think. It's going to be a lo- a very good game both ways. Regardless of who wins, this is going to be a phenomenal game. And this could be a preview of a matchup in the playoffs. This, I hate to say it, it's early. But if the Ravens can win this game, this is a game that could get them to the buy. This is a game that could get them a, a buy in the playoffs. So when's the last time they had a buy in the playoffs? Right now, the Ravens are on pace to get close to the buy it won't be perfect. I'm not really sure. I mean, the Ravens and the Colts both have a 5 and 2 record, as do the Buffalo Bills. Who underrated if the Ravens win this week and the Bills win, I mean, that's 6 and 2, 8 and 1. It's closer. I think the I mean, this is going to be interesting who makes the playoffs, but with Patrick Mahomes injured and this could be interesting for the Ravens because the Ravens could get a bye here. I predicted the Ravens would get a bye in the playoffs. We'll see. You've got a team in the Colts and Jacoby Brissett as your quarterback. That's a good team. You've got the, the Bills can't get a bye unless they be, unless they get past the Patriots. And then you've got the Chiefs who are five and three right now. I don't know. I could buy the fact the Ravens get a bye. That would be really interesting. What I feel has really set up the Patriots' dynasty is the fact that and this is not the only thing, but that they get a bye every single playoffs. That their division is so bad, it's an easy five or six wins. That they're and they they always have a bye, and that 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 gives them home field advantage. And I think that's what gives them their longevity in the AFC Championship because they're at home against one of the weakest teams. And I don't know. I think I really think that's one of the main reasons the Patriots have been so good. I think put the Patriots in another division. I think this, they're they're still fantastic, but. The Patriots light up in postseason football, and it's a lot harder in the postseason when you're on the road. When was the last time Tom Brady was on the road in the playoffs? My goodness. Was he on the road against the Chiefs last year? In the playoffs? Yeah, he was. He was on the road in the AFC Championship against the Broncos and lost in 2015. He's really at, at home a lot. And it'll be interesting to see how that, how, how that works out. It will, but I think I mean right now the Ravens are in the running for a buy, and this is the game where if they win it, they've got the sh- they're still in the running for the buy. And yeah, and around Let's go take a look around the MLB. So, a couple of episodes ago, ESPN writer Eddie Matz came on Sports with Yosef. and by the way, everyone check out all of my podcasts. Of Sports with Yosef. It's on spot wherever you... You know how to listen to to the podcast. You're obviously doing it right now. Make sure you check all those out. Check out my Ravens blog. Sportsblog.com. My username, YosefM613. Check out my live videos on Sportscaster. I'm broadcasting the Ravens-Patriots game live. Sportscaster.com. C-A-S-T-R.com. My username is YosefM613. Make sure you check that out. Um... Check it out and check me out on Twitter at yosefm M613 at yosefm 613 Give me a follow. Uh, I post alerts for when. All, a lot of my content goes out as well as interesting, intriguing and, and um, informative posts on Twitter. so give me a follow there as well as checking out all of the stuff I do. But Eddie Matz came on and he predicted Astro's beat the Nationals in the World Series. And my goodness did he get close. Nationals beat the Astros. And it was a series for the ages. Steven Strasburg, he went 9-0 in the playoffs for the Nationals. The Nationals they rode their Max Scherzer and Patrick Corbin in game seven. They shut I mean they really did a phenomenal job of shutting down the Astros lineup. And the Astros just weren't hot in the playoffs. Their their hitters just couldn't get it done. There a lot of their main hitters were slumping. And there's no time to fix a slump in the playoffs. You have to be on everything. Has to be hot at the right time to get the World Series, to get a championship. And the Astros just weren't hot. And the Astros, the Astros weren't hot. The Nationals were. Juan Soto. I mean Ryan Zimmerman. He's he's the first the first National, and get really like homegrown. Been there the whole way. Big moment for him. Big moment for the Nationals organization. And it was I talked about it being a historic series. First World Series to go seven games or even go six games. And every game was won on the road. The, there's no such thing as home team advantage. It's called road team advantage. It was nuts. It doesn't make sense. And yeah, the Nationals had four games on the road. Astros only had three. That was the final, the final score in the series. Four to three Nationals. And it was, that was just interesting to me. Like, you, it's all about home field advantage. I, want, I don't know why. But... The teams just play better sometimes on the road, away from their environment. They have to hunt themselves up. They have to be more focused in the game. And maybe that's it. Maybe the Astros were getting a little bit complacent at home. But it was the Nationals also. I don't know. It was weird. But, but it was a great series. And... It's kind of funny. I mean, we've all there, there's a DC sports curse and then wait, the Capitals one. Okay, maybe it's still the DC sports curse minus the Capitals. Oh wait, the Nationals. Okay, now only Red, Redskins and Wizards stink. Like the DC, I mean, all these curses, they 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 exist in the mind. In reality, these are pro sports teams. Any team has an any oppor- has an opportunity to win any year. Sometimes then you don't have the talent Sometimes you say there's no way it's possible, but any team any year can win any league. Ravens can pull off a win in the MLB. I will be astounded. I don't think so. But it was really a fun series to watch. And I go to school right by DC. So, I mean, DC's going nuts. Got a, got a great deal on pizza today. Uh, so that was that was nice to have. So, I mean, I, actually, I had Gracie on pizza when the Capitals won also. That, that was awesome. So, I mean, DC, DC's going nuts, and rightfully so. They got a World Series championship, and a well-deserved one. They, they did their job. The Astros couldn't do theirs. And you did your job for listening to this edition of Sports with Yosef. Thanks for listening. I'm Yosef Monsignor.
1: I'll see you next
0: time.